produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston. Welcome to Kind World. I'm Andrea Aswahi. And I'm Yasmin Amr. Andrea, we talk a lot about stories of redemption, people who have struggled and worked through their circumstances to rise beyond anyone's expectations. I've got a story this week that illustrates just that. When 40-year-old Quentin Story looks back on his life, there are some chapters he'd like to forget. He'd prefer to reflect on his early life, growing up in Florida, surrounded by family, music, and faith. My childhood was very, very religious. I was raised in the church, and I was always in church services. I was involved in sports, baseball, basketball, basically just a happy, normal childhood. But when Quentin was 10, his family life started to unravel. His parents divorced. He couldn't reconcile their separation with his Christian beliefs. As a teenager, he started smoking pot, and the wrong crowd started making a deeper impression on him. Once I graduated high school and got my diploma, everyone around me, all of my classmates, was like, let's get drunk, let's just, you know, party. And I started doing that, and that was like my biggest downfall. That was the worst thing ever happened to me was for me to pick up a drink. Quinton started living what he calls street life, abusing alcohol, using and selling drugs. And in June 1999, when he was 20, he made a terrible mistake, shooting and killing a man after entering a rooming house in Highlands County, Florida. Quinton won't discuss what happened, but he was arrested and charged with second-degree murder and sent to prison for nearly 20 years. Quinton got sober there, but he was still getting into trouble until he started working in the prison kitchen. I was always trying to find, like, my passion in life. And my grandfather was, he's from Georgia, so he was big on his cooking. And I looked up to him a lot. And something just clicked one day like a light bulb. I knew then it was like, I just, I want to be a cook. In January 2018, when he was released from prison, Quentin moved to Tallahassee. He needed help finding housing, finding work, starting over. Then he heard about Rebecca Kelly Manders, a classically trained chef and founder of the Refire Culinary Program. Refire is a culinary term. It's kitchen slang. It means to correct the mistake and you have to do it quickly and you have to do it not perfectly, but you have to do it right. What 45-year-old Rebecca wanted to do was train members of a forgotten population often shunned and rejected by employers. She launched her culinary program in the fall of 2017. It's two months long and teaches students skills like knife handling and food safety. I feel like it's my responsibility. It's an obligation that I committed to when I accepted that grace from other people that, okay, now that I've been given this, I have to give it to somebody else. Rebecca's sense of paying it forward comes from her own experience. She herself has two felony convictions. I got my first felony conviction in 1995. I was barely 22, and I was embezzling money from my employer to cover up my drug and alcohol problem.
Rebecca's struggle with addiction continued, and she got her second theft felony in 1997. That same year, Rebecca had her last drink. As she worked in restaurants through her probation, Rebecca, like Quentin, realized cooking was her passion. So at 29, she went to culinary school. She eventually started her own food truck and then a small cafe. That's when she decided to help felons. I had a sous chef that worked for me on my truck a few years ago, and he used to say, it ain't a real kitchen unless there's a felon on the grill. And no truer words have ever been spoken. Quinton entered the refire program in February 2018. Eight weeks later, he was crossing a graduation stage. I was so happy to get a, some kind of certification to where I can hold it in my hand. I felt great. I really did. Quinton was a star student, but was still having difficulty finding a job. His past still cast shadows on his achievements. So Rebecca decided to hire him as her right-hand man. My felony conviction was something that was basically a wall that was built up to where it was difficult for me to get a chance. And Rebecca helped to tear that wall down. Now Rebecca and Quentin work side by side as colleagues and as friends. My darkest past can be a beacon of light for somebody else. You know, I can say, hey, look what I've walked through. You can walk through this too. Let me show you how I did it. Rebecca says she'll continue her mission to help people like Quentin find their place in the kitchen and in the world. We'll have more after the break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Kind World. I'm Andrea Aswahi. And I'm Yasmin Ammer. So Andrea, just like in that last story, we've spoken to so many people who've completely changed their lives after experiencing some sort of fallback or tragedy. Yeah, I think it's amazing to think about how people can be so resilient. They know that they can't change the past, but they have a new perspective on how to keep moving forward. Yes, and I actually have a story about that. It's out of the Bay Area in California, and that's where 37-year-old Frank Cruz lives. He's a Ph.D. student at UC Berkeley, and he's also a strong activist for pedestrians. Okay, so does he study transportation or...? Actually, Frank studies English at UC Berkeley, but he became an activist after he experienced any parent's worst nightmare. I became a pedestrian safety advocate and a, a, a community organizer in the last 10 years after my son was killed. So on February 27, 2009, Frank's five-year-old son Zachary was crossing the street in Berkeley with a teacher and some school friends. That's when a motorist rolled a stop sign. The driver says he didn't see Zachary. 
His teacher tried to pull him and the other kids back, but it was too late. Zachary was too far for the teacher to reach when she tried to pull the kids back from the oncoming truck. And um, he was holding hands, and that hand was pulled away from him, and, and he was left in the intersection where he was hit and died on the scene. My God, that's horrible. Yeah, and Frank was only 27 when his son died. He says he was still learning how to be a grown-up as he was raising his little boy. The only moment of solace that Frank has from that horrific event was that a college student heard the chaos outside her window and ran to the scene. She ran out of her apartment and immediately began to render aid, giving my son Zachary CPR and holding his hand and talking to him. She whispered to him, uh, told him it was okay, and, and said to come back. And she was there with him. And he died literally in her arms. How did that bring him any kind of peace? Well, Frank wasn't there at the scene. He was at work, so he didn't know this happened until later. But he says it's comforting to know that his son wasn't alone or scared in these last few moments. And the reason he knows this is because that young woman wrote Frank a letter to say how sorry she was for the loss of his child and to tell him in detail what happened when she rushed to that scene to hold his son. This wonderful stranger just came into our son's life for the very last minutes of his life. And I'm not a very spiritual person, but that's just one of the most beautiful and spiritual connections that I can imagine. To have that kind of love and courage that she had to immediately try to help in a situation like that, it blows me away. Wow. So did Frank ever meet her? Yeah, he and the student emailed for a bit, and then they met up for coffee a few times in the year after the crash. She really wanted to know more about Zachary and what he was like. Yeah, and her response to all this must have made a huge impact on Frank since he still talks about it so vividly. Absolutely. Her response along with his son's death actually drove Frank's activism. So this young woman actually had EMT training. And that inspired Frank, along with local first responders, to start an EMT training scholarship at Berkeley. And to add to that, Frank is trying to improve bike and pedestrian safety in his community. Last year, he actually founded an organization called OursDid.org to do more intensive on-the-ground activism. So here's one of the things that that group does. We produce signs. We give them away on our website. They say, drive like your kid died here. And um, we encourage people to place those signs at memorial intersections where their loved one has died. So last year, this group had a big breakthrough. They were able to get the city of Berkeley to adopt a plan called Vision Zero. That's a plan to reduce pedestrian and cycling deaths to zero. They do this by re-engineering streets and increasing education in the city. I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to dramatically reduce the, the numbers of crashes that we have here. These are preventable crashes. So it's the greatest tribute that I can give to my son is to help others in his name. I think it's really amazing to see how Frank has dedicated himself to creating a world 
where no one suffers like he and his family did after Zachary's death. It's just so brave and so moving. And it's a wonderful way to honor his son. So if you're interested in learning more about Frank Cruz's work, go to oursdid.org. That's O-U-R-S-D-I-D dot org. Kind World is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station. Paul Vikas and Matt Reed do our sound design, and Iris Adler is our executive producer. I'm reporter and producer Andrea Aswahi. And I'm reporter and producer Yasmin Amr. If you have a story of kindness that you want to tell us, email us at kindworld at wbur.org or find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WBUR Kind World. And if you love our work, then please help us out by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And leave us a review. That will help other listeners find the show. Thanks. We'll see you next week.